West Grind Podcast, and we are rolling into episode 24-24. We're still young in our infancy here, and we are having so much fun. We're having fun fine-tuning our show to meet the needs. We want to meet the needs and the interests of our friends and our listeners. Here's what we're hearing. What I'm hearing is, you guys want no bullshit. You want some laughs and a lot of nostalgia. And guess what? We aim to please here. Thank you so much for the emails, the DMs, the tweets. Get well messages filled with love from all over the world. Thank you so much. Treat her like a lady. Welcome to our newest listeners from around the globe in the United Arab Emirates. Abu Dhabi. What the fuck? Where is that? Welcome to my new friends. From all over the world. It is a genuine honor to have you here with us at the grind. Woo! All right, guys. What do we got in the hopper today? I don't even know, man. I mean, we got a little bit of this. We got a little bit of that. We got some paprika, some coriander, lots of garlic, turmeric. Turmeric is good for inflammation. A little bit of everything, guys. Let's get started, though. We'll enjoy a little bit more of this Temptation Classic. friends let's get on into this stuff let's get it going welcome all right all right everybody how's it going how's everybody doing to get your vaccine jet Dinez got her second dose the other day she got the um, Moderna no real side effects for her though but she's not human she works out to Shanti like twice a day See what I mean? I open the door to her office sometimes when I'm, you know, when she's in her in her in her workouts 
And I slowly closed that shit up, man. I am not getting into that. I'll do yoga, walk, swim, do my thing. But I can't get down with Shanti. But uh, Diana has, you know, or Dinez, she didn't have any side effects of the Moderna, the second dose. So that was good. And now anybody in California and a lot of other places, for that matter, can get their vaccines now. Sleepy Joe is keeping his word with the vaccines. And as a result, COVID's getting under control. And as you can all see, the gates are almost fully open all over the place. Isn't that great? Get those shots, y'all. Come on, man. All right, let's jump into national politics real quick. Arizona. And I'll put the article down below. But Arizona. What the fuck, Arrowhead? Yeah, Arizona. You GOP legislators are embarrassing your state with this attempt to sue and recount election votes from November. November. That shit was settled. And some 60 judges tossed that stolen election bullshit and Rudy Giuliani out on their fucking keisters with those phony ass claims. What are you guys doing? The Arizona Republicans have hired a Q-supporting company named Cyber Ninjas. Cyber Ninjas. To recount some 2 million votes. And here's the rules of engagement for this sham. Nobody's allowed in the room to watch the count except the pro-Trump propaganda network One America News. That's the own network, O-A-N. So let's break this down real quick. The conspiracy theorists and Q believers in Cyber Ninja were hired by the Republican-led legislators in Arizona to recount the Arizona votes from the November election again. And the only cameras allowed in the room are the own network. Please let that shit sit into your logically thinking brains. This is all led by Trump and company. All the right-wing podcasters are all over this shit. Steve Bannon's like, oh man, we got the receipts on this and the Democrats are scared. Nobody's scared of shit on this. Literally, nobody. This is again the reality TV slash National Enquirer president we had for four years. Just throwing another piece of shit against the wall to see how many Americans will fall for it and then send him more money. And I hope Americans know that that money that they send is most likely going into his pockets to pay off his bills that he's accrued over the years. And guess what? $400 million, 400 million of that accrued debt is coming due over the next 18 months. The motherfucker is broke as a joke. He's looking to sell off some of his golf courses. Nobody's buying his shit. Trump and company are in financial trouble. And he's coming, rather conning, the American people again with this Arizona bullshit. Then he's going to go to Michigan. Then he's going to go to Georgia. Then they're going to pull this same shit with the cyber ninjas. I mean, all he needs to do is sow a little bit of doubt, the smallest of doubt. And that starts the conspiracies rolling again. Aren't people tired? Aren't my mega friends tired of playing this game with him and his rotten kids in the GOP 
the Lauren Boberts, the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Cancun Cruises. I mean, aren't you just fucking tired? The Republicans waste so much of the taxpayers' tax dollars on the dumbest shit just to give the perception that there was some shadiness and so to appear, appear to keep chasing dumb shit to the slimming, slimming-est, is that a word, to the slimmest of the base that is left, that is the MAGA movement. The majority of that base done flew the coop, fools. Their 15 minutes or four years of chaos and that reality TV show we just talked about over a second ago, that the world saw what you Republican yes-men politicians put us through and are made of, people see right through it now. And look at everyone's social media accounts who were connected to Trump prior to the insurrection. These guys had millions of followers and likes on so many different social media platforms. Dan Bongino has resorted to wearing tank top, like wife beater style, you know, shirts. And that's down from his, you know, his suit style business casual of a, you know, former secret service agent. He used to dress, you know, like business casual. It is hilarious seeing the desperation. Everyone's changing their images to appear to a base that they can manipulate and get money from. That part's disgusting because that's all the grift. But some of those social media numbers I was just talking about, they are less than half, half, half the count prior to Trump leaving office. You guys are done, man. Matt Gates, that shit just keeps getting more and more creepy. His homeboy, Joel Greenberg, is that his name? The, uh, it's your favorite tax collector, that fucking creep. Gates and Greenberg have been friends for years, posting photos together, and Gates even telling a local radio station that Greenberg would make a good member of Congress in 2017. If Joel were to run from Seminole County, I think he becomes the next congressman from the 7th District. The duo, according to a Florida lawmaker, leaving an unsolicited voicemail on her cell phone. She gave a recording of the message to CNN. This is your favorite tax collector. I'm up in the handle with your favorite U.S. congressman, Mr. Gates. Hi, Anna. And uh, we were just chatting about you and talking about your lovely qualities. And your- We think you're the future of the Democratic Party in Florida. Yeah, them. Look at you guys. You leave messages on women's phones about how they look and that you believe they're the future of the Democratic Party. You're Republicans, bitch. And you're recruiting for the Democratic Party. Fuck you. I smell bullshit. You guys just thought you were going to get laid, and now look. That little guy, Joel, just flipped. I mean, in the culinary world, that is called being 86th. Maybe your rich country club daddies didn't teach you. Both of you, you pieces of shit. Matt Gates and Joel Greenberg, if that's your name. But they didn't teach you this. Women... You motherfuckers. Of course, like all kids, I had imaginary friends, but not just one. I had hundreds and hundreds and all of them from different backgrounds who spoke different languages. And one of them, his name was Caleb. He spoke a magical language that only I could understand. Potato? 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 Get them all patched up. I sure did, Daddy. Sorry, bug. <laughs> Go change for dinner. Okay. <laughs> 
know, she's not just another notch on the old belt. That's right. And that was winning, winning crashers for our friends around the globe. Vince Vaughn's dry humor wrecks me, you guys. I kid you not. But women, Gates and Goldberg, Greenberg, whatever, are not just another notch on your belt. You two fucking guys are dumb. And dumb people get caught. Blue collar and white collar. And you got caught. Why? Because you're dumb. You're 40-year-old punk-ass frat boys. And you got caught. Hello and goodbye. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. (laughs) The Louisiana Democrats just picked up another House seat in a runoff election this past Saturday. It was expected to stay blue, but still, the margins of Democratic seats versus Republican seats continue to grow. A census report just came out projecting the Republicans to pick up some House and Senate seats uh, in, uh, I think, 2022, 23, whatever. I'll put the article, an article, in the show notes. But I call bullshit on that, too. I don't believe it's accurate for one second, that census report. Maybe I'll turn out to be wrong. I don't know. But I seriously doubt it, man. I don't know. But I research. I research the counties of each state, their politicians, at the local, state, and federal level. And I look at what's going on in all those communities. I project the Republican Party is fucked for a hot minute. And I say good. How come you college motherfuckers think y'all run everything? All right, sidebar real quick. I got an email that jumped in at me. And it's from... Christopher in Redwood City, California. Oh, Redwood City. That's just across the Dumbarton Bridge here in the Bay Area. My sister's friend Nancy lives over there. Super nice lady. But I love the downtown area in uh, Redwood City. Uh, During the summer, they have um, like bands in the park where you can dance and bring a little cheese and wine or whatever you want, you know, but super nice. Hell of expensive out there in Redwood City, but super nice. Old school type. But anyways, Christopher says... Girl, I love your podcast. When I'm on my routes driving bread to the local restaurants along the peninsula, I have your show blasted. You make me laugh out loud and think sometimes so hard after your episodes that I get lost on the highway. Thanks for encouraging me to think more. Uh, he also, Christopher also says, how did you get started in podcasting? I have an obsession with baseball and I've been thinking of starting a podcast that's all baseball uh, with a few friends. Any pointers you can throw my way or how to break into podcasting and media, I would certainly appreciate. Thanks for all you do and keep those politicians feet to the fire. Dude, Christopher in Redwood City, you just made my morning, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much for that amazing email. These type of emails, they really have the ability to change people's days. So thanks, Chris. I hope it's okay to call you Chris. But uh, let me tell you a little bit about how I got here. It's been a long, scary journey to the East West Grind podcast, filled with so much failure and self-doubt along the way. And self-doubt, if not checked, can really tear a person down, Chris. I mentally had to make a decision 
to chase this podcasting gig. And to do that, I needed to change my thought processes and understand that I needed to change my behaviors as well. And by that, I mean, I had, I had to level up. And a lot of people, a lot of people, Christopher, they're going to say to you, everyone has a podcast nowadays. It's, it's easy podcasting. No, it's not. Not if you want an authentic show created by you, edited specifically for you with your vision behind it. That's not easy work. That takes a lot of research and time and commitment, Chris. I was 50 when I jumped into this game. And I don't know how old you are, but please don't let age be a contributing factor for you if if you decide to get your, your baseball podcast going or not. Don't let age play a part in there. You've just got to really, it's really about leveling up. And for me, that meant the commitment. That meant learning. That meant education. Also for me, it meant starting with learning about the brain and why human beings do the things that they do. I learned about the brain and then I utilized my brain by learning all the components that go into making a podcast, the components around politics and current events. And then I had to put that knowledge to use, which is what you see here in the East West Grind podcast. And whatever that looks like for you and your brain, how you learn, in baseball, only you know what that looks like, my friend. But all I can say is to go big or go home. That is my motto. That is how I try to live. And on this journey to wherever I'm headed, like I said in past episodes, this ain't it for me. This too is a step up the ladder to Netflix. Hashtag goals. But after I started the, um, the learning process and I had the commitment and the blah, 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 I had to learn how to let go of the repetition of the established day-to-day routines I'd formed over my lifetime. There's no learning in repetition. That's wash, rinse, repeat. There's nothing new in that, right? Wash, rinse, repeat. Nothing. Same shit. Day after day after day. Get up, go to the bathroom, make coffee, go to work, come home, make dinner, go to bed, get up and do the same thing the next day over and over. Wash, rinse, repeat. And that's most people's lives. So for me, in order to attempt to jump into the media or the entertainment or podcasting industry, I had to break away from that day-to-day life I'd known for more than 30 years as an adult. I had to understand how my brain operates and be okay rewiring it and flooding it with new and specific information that I needed to absorb so that I could hit a grand slam in these industries I just uh, mentioned. And I'm en route. Everybody's en route to something. So I knew I needed to change, get out of that wash, rinse, repeat mindset. And then flood my mind with knowledge in all types of subjects. I studied neuroscience. I studied business. I studied sociology, science. I'm a student of history. I mean, Google, when used for its intended purpose, it's a free education. But it's up to the individual using the Google to choose 
what information they absorb. That is free will. And once I began feeding my brain information, Chris, I had to allow my brain to let that new information infiltrate my mind so that I could then form these new behaviors around that information. Enter this East West Grind podcaster. And like I said a second ago, this podcast isn't the ceiling for me, Chris. I'm going bigger. I don't know what bigger looks like from where I sit right now. Keep in mind, Christopher, that for the first half of my life, up until about 46, 47, I was in the service industry, medium level management. So I was like hundreds of thousands, millions of people, millions of other people in the world just going through life, waking up, doing the same thing over and over, just like we talked about. I'd raised a family. So life was very repetitive, repetition, repetitive for that first half of my life. And then I got tired. I got tired of that day-to-day mundane work week, having a supervisor that I hated. I knew I was and I could be more. You got to believe you can do it, Christopher. It all starts in your mind and with your interests, not anybody else's interests, your interests. So if I could plant this seed in your mind, and if you're listening to my show, you're able to follow my thought process and you're getting something out of it like, oh shit, that makes sense. Or, you know, your age, or if you're my age listening, you could be like, bitch, preach. Been there, done that. Been there, done that is where I'm coming from. Most older or older people are coming from a place of been there, done that. And I'm, again, I'm not old. I'm just 51. I'm older. I have adult children approaching 30. 30 is approaching middle age. So for 51, I have been there, done that. And again, that is my angle. That is the angle I approach most things with in life. And that I speak to my listeners about. Been there, motherfucking done that shit. History. And if you're listening to this at, you know, I don't know, 84. Hi, Mama D. But if you're, you know, 84, 74, 64, older, whatever, and listening to this, you're like, been there, there, done that, that. And on that note, I'd like to insert a seven-minute listen to this uh, Bill Maher final thought from this past Friday. It'll be seven minutes for you, but again... Another hour for me because I got to go ice up my ankle real quick. So, folks, I'll see you in a bit. Enjoy my man, Bill Maher. And finally, new rule three months into his presidency. It's time to admit that Joe Biden has been a huge disappointment to comedians. All the jokes we were stockpiling about ancient, doddering, sleepy Joe. Useless. The man has been nothing short of sharp, focused, and completely on top of things. We were expecting a font of comedy gold about a senile geezer showing up to work in his pajama bottoms and plowing his motorcade into a farmer's market. Forget the dog. He was going to bite someone on the South Lawn. 
But a funny thing happened on the way to the old age home. Biden slayed the orange dragon and is now spearheading the most transformative administration since FDR, with an approval rating of 59%. Even the Joe Biden ticks and gaffes that used to bug us, the hair smelling and the getting lost in a sentence and the challenging of random people to a fight in the parking lot. (laughs) Gone. Gone. Biden stepped up his game. Yes, he got better at 78. What a mind-blowing concept that must be to the younger generations for whom writing someone off simply for their age is the last acceptable prejudice. Oh, yes. They hate every ism except ageism. It's completely forbidden to tell any joke about race, gender, religion, weight, but age? Have at it. You ever go down the greeting card aisle at CVS? Every card for anyone over 60 is the same joke. Happy birthday, I'm surprised your dick hasn't fallen off. Now, the, ex- the excuse for this prejudice has always been, well, we're a young country. I've been hearing that my whole life. America's a young country. Well, tonight, I'd just like to say this, America. You're not that young anymore. <laughs> Powdered wigs was a long time ago. It's time you grew up. It's time to stop doing stupid, teenage, immature things. And number one on that list is not getting the most fundamental trade-off in life, You're beautiful when you're young, wise when you're old. This is... This is the only country in the world dumb enough not to get this most basic, intuitive, obvious, file it under duh concept. (laughs) That if, as they say, you learn something new every day, it stands to reason someone who's logged 10,000 more days is going to be, in general, a little wiser. Life is a series of patterns. You don't see it at first, because it's not a pattern yet. But by the third time, yeah, okay, I get it now. Yes, societies need youthful energy and fresh eyes on problems, and it's true. It takes young people to start a revolution. But Biden is the right man for this moment precisely because he is old. Been there, done that. It's a virtue. He's getting things done on wealth inequality in Afghanistan and racial justice and climate change that keyboard warriors only dream about while muttering, okay, boomer. (laughs) Young, dumb, and full of cum? Yes. There is a season for that. But right now, I'll take old, stooped, and full of soup. And yet, instead of finding Biden's age an asset, in America, it was his biggest obstacle. In the run-up to the last election, 37% of Americans were unabashed about telling pollsters they flat-out wouldn't vote for someone over 70. Is there anything more piss-ignorant than not using old people as a resource? Not taking advantage of their accumulated knowledge? Everywhere else in the world, elders are sought for guidance. In America, elders are sought for TikTok pranks. 
In Greece, old man is a compliment, not something you scream after get out of my way. In India, young people touch old people's feet to show reverence. Japan has a national holiday called Karonohi, Respect for the Aged Day. You know the reason why advertisers in this country love the 18 to 34 demographic? Because it's the most gullible. Yeah. A third of people under 35 say they're in favor of abolishing the police. Not defunding, but doing away with a police force altogether which is less of a policy position and more of a leg tattoo. (laughs) 36% of millennials think it might be a good idea to try communism. But much of the world did try it. I know millennials think that doesn't count because they weren't alive when it happened. But it did happen. And there are people around who remember it. Pining for communism is like pining for Betamax or MySpace. So when you say, you're old, you don't get it. Get what? Abolish the police and the border patrol and capitalism and cancel Lincoln? No, I get it. The problem isn't that I don't get what you're saying or that I'm old. The problem is that your ideas are stupid. (laughs) If you say, let's eat in the bathroom and shit in the kitchen. Yeah, that's a new idea. But I wouldn't call it interior design. (laughs) You think someone 80 is hopeless because they can't use an iPhone? Maybe the one who's hopeless is the one who can't stop using it. Mm. You think I'm out of it because I'm not on Twitch? Well, maybe I get Twitch, but I just think people watching other people play video games is a waste of fucking time. Twenty percent of Gen Z agree with the statement, society would be better off if all property was owned by the public and managed by the government. And another 29 percent say they don't know if that's a good idea. Here's who does know. Anyone who wasn't born yesterday. All right, we're back. How'd you like that clip with Bill Maher? You see what I mean, though? And this is a problem with these uh, younger, with the younger generations. Every time I get hit on social media with, Okay, boomer. It fucking cracks me up. One, I'm not a boomer, junior. And two, aging is a privilege. So when you young folks throw that okay boomer out at the older generations, remember, tomorrow's not promised. And life can change at any moment. Life as you know it. Don't be little fuckers, okay? Older people are of value. To those with no ego. Trust me, at 51, I'd have some things of knowledge to say to my 20-year-old self, my 30-year-old self, my 40-year-old self, and even my 50-year-old self. Who wouldn't? So circling back, Christopher, with the seed I'd like to plant, and like I said earlier, if you're listening to my show You can follow my thought process. Not a lot of people can, okay? People I know personally can't even follow me. People in my own family don't understand what I'm trying to do here. But if you're here, you follow. 
So thank you for being here, Christopher. Thank you for following my mind. And here's what works best for me. This thought process. Always seek to identify the logical outcomes with what's in front of you. What you see is going on. For example, with your own eyes. That could be at your job, in your marriage, in your family, in anything. Identify the roadblocks and the whys and fix them before they get out of control, whatever it is. If I've been a heavy drinker for 30 years and the doctor tells me after 30 years of boozing it up that I have sclerosis of the liver, I'm not going to be shocked, right? Like, oh my God, how did this happen? No. As an informed adult, I know that the end result or the end game my life of heavy alcohol use will eventually lead to sclerosis of the liver, which is virtually no coming back from. Use those logic skills in everything you do, and you'll rarely be wrong. Now that's going to piss off a lot of people, especially your bosses, your friends, family, people who don't like to hear truth or analysis that forms the truth. But if you're going to do your own thing and get your own podcast going, I'd suggest doing it, baby. But if you're going to do it, you got to go balls out and commit to the process of making it successful because success is a process. Almost everything is a process. You're in a process right now of delivering that bread, you know, every day to those bakeries along the peninsula, which you just talked about. It's just somebody else's process that you're in, making your living. And if you want to make your own money, doing your own thing, the baseball podcast, that must become the process you commit to. Learning how to make it a success and then following that plan. Listen to your gut. When it's time, build a team behind you that are committed to you and who will challenge you, but who are not going to poo-poo your vision. The team you select should simply add to your vision or your plan and help it make adjustments when it's needed. And not everyone you know is going to be behind you, Christopher, in this, the podcast about your, you know, your baseball and stuff. Not everybody's going to be behind you. Not everyone you know is going to be interested in baseball or think you have the wherewithal to be a successful podcaster talking about baseball. Trust me. The haters are closer to you than you think. But if you make this podcast about you being your authentic self to talk about what you are knowledgeable in, you're golden, my friend. Good luck to you, sir. Thank you for listening to The Grind and for the email. Be well. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean. That was quite the, you know, sidebar email. Very cool. What's next? What do we got next? All right. We we got uh, Caitlyn Jenner is going to run for the gubernatorial election that plans to unseat 
Gavin Newsom here in California. I just got a notification uh, that there was enough signatures on my phone, you know what I mean? They have enough signatures to get that special vote. But Miss Jenner hired Brad Parscal to help her win. Everyone in the room remembers Brad Parscal, yeah? No? Let me refresh your memory real quick, real quick. Members of the SWAT team with guns drawn. The door is closed, but he is outside of the structure. Moving in for the takedown. Chris, move, move, Chris. I didn't do anything. Fort Lauderdale police releasing revealing new police body camera video of their response to a 911 call to the home of President Trump campaign advisor Brad Parscale. I don't want to kill myself, Chris. I don't want to kill myself. I want my wife to pay attention to me. Police recently responded, Parscale's wife saying at the time she feared he was trying to take his life. After barricading himself inside the home, police taking him into custody under the Baker Act. This is what a woman can do when she hates her husband. I didn't do anything. I haven't hurt her. And all I did was turn a door lock. <sighs> yep, that was Trump's uh, old campaign manager, Brad Parscale. He too was on some other shit and got arrested for domestic violence. And he was recorded by the police cam crying in the back of a police car. Because his wife wouldn't have sex with him. I'm begging you, please fact check me. Fact check this shitty shit, man. Miss Jenner, this is your campaign manager? Ma'am, you have no chance at that shit. Zip, zero, nada. Go back to reality TV. Stay out of politics. All you reality TV people, as a matter of fact, why are we voting in actors to be presidents and in politician, you know, uh, seats, governors or fucking, you know, mayors, anything? Why are we doing that? Why are our standards so low in our political representatives? Actors act. I don't want an actor handling foreign leaders and treaties. Do you? If so, why? Why do Americans want actors in positions to deal with other world leaders and treaties and shit that they know nothing about as actors. I don't fucking get it. There's a huge transgender community here in California. And if she thinks they're going to get behind her for governor just because she's trans, she's out of her fucking face. The trans community didn't get behind you, ma'am, for your reality TV show several years back. I am Kate. Remember that? And she's running as a transgender Republican. In California, the bluest state in the country, I think, the Republicans don't even like you, sis. The Republicans don't recognize the transgender community. You're a mess. And I predict that if it gets to a, um, a revote, Gavin Newsom's going to get reelected. He's going to get reelected. I guarantee it. Oh, I don't guarantee it, but you know what I mean? Like, he's overwhelmingly popular. The Republicans got less than 2 million, you know, signatures. We're a state of 40 million people and 12 million registered Democrats. I just don't see it happening. But, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll go through that process, too, and see how it goes. But I think he's going to get reelected if it gets there. 
All right, I got some food for thought, whatever that's going to look like as we get going. But I was listening to a police chief recently talk about the shortages in police officer candidates throughout the nation. Take a, you know, take a listen to this clip real quick. I'll see you in, in just a minute. Recruiting efforts for the Pueblo Police Department have taken a hit. A recent open house brought in only a quarter of the candidates they typically see. KRDO News Channel 13's Dan Beatty is looking into what might be behind the recent drop in interest. Pueblo police say this week's tragic shooting in Boulder, where a police officer was killed, is a very real reminder of how dangerous a career in law enforcement can be. Have you always wanted to be involved in law enforcement, or is this something new? Uh, never. Really? This is definitely something new. Margarita Venegas. And then I started thinking, if they are having trouble recruiting police, I'll bet that they're having trouble recruiting for our armed forces. And sure enough, the military, too, having trouble recruiting. I'll put some articles in the show notes for you, too. But yeah, what the fuck? And I think it's the result. And again, it's like another double-edged sword of the tech industry that I am fond of, by the way. And I'll tell you why. Why I'm not shocked that there are slim pickings in recruitment for police officers and the military in the United States. We've got two and a half generations now, a portion of the millennials and all the Gen Ys and Zs who are raised on their cellular devices. That's not activity except for your brain and your thumbs, your fingers. Nobody's really outside anymore playing in the streets to develop those sense of urgency skills or building those active youth juices to you know, innately have some sense of strength and quickness behind them as they age, as we get older, right? Proof of that on my end is when I was in high school in the 80s, late 80s, mid to late 80s, here in Fremont, MSJ, our football team was unbeatable, the Mission Warriors. Today, my high school doesn't even have a football team. Students don't want to get hurt. They don't have the stamina of a you know, 16-year-old of the 80s and prior. And they'd have to, you know, pull away from their phones for several hours a day for practice. Today's youth don't have that. If you're a Gen Xer, most of us worked in the fast food industry as a kid, right? Like 16, 17, your first job was Jack in the Box, McDonald's, Taco Bell, whatever. And being in that type of environment, because it was fast-paced, that taught you about speed of service and you had to be quick. Now, the next time you go out to eat, someone in my generation or older at a fast food restaurant or Applebee's or whatever, look around at your servers or the workers. Do you see the hustle in the youth of today as you remember it from when you were a kid in the 80s or prior to that? But I guarantee the answer is hell to the no. You can have a a server with five tables checking her phone in the corner instead of hustling around to the customers and, you know, cleaning up the restaurant or whatever. That's just how it is today. Most don't know how to hustle, nor do they want to. Look around. And this is just the restaurant industry that is having recruitment issues and staffing issues too. So I'm not surprised 
that the police and the armed forces are having recruitment issues as well. Innate sense of urgency is required for all those fields. And I don't know what the solution is, but there's got to be one. There's got to be a solution to the problem. My generation and my parents' generation are starting to retire from the police force and from the military. Someone's got to figure this shit out, though, because we all need our police officers and our military personnel. Someone's got to figure this shit out. All right. We've, we've got an asshole for you again this week. His name, and he's one of the grand poobahs of assholes, but his name is Rick Santorum. Rick Santorum is a former senator from Pennsylvania. And now let me play this clip for you of just one of the reasons Santorum is an asshole. Two and two, folks. If you think about this country, I don't know of any other country in the world that was settled predominantly by people who were coming to practice their faith. They came here because they were not allowed to practice their particular faith in their own country. And so they came here mostly from Europe. And they set up a country that was based on Judeo-Christian principles. When I say Judeo-Christian, the Mosaic Laws, Ten Commandments, and the teachings of Jesus Christ, the, moral, the morals and, and teachings of Jesus Christ. That's, that's what our founding documents are based upon. It's in our DNA. You know, if you think of other countries like Italy and Greece and China and Turkey and places like that, they've all sort of changed over time. I mean, they've been, they've been there for, cent, for millennia in many cases. And their culture has sort of evolved over time. But not us. We came here and created a blank slate. We, we birthed a nation. From nothing. I mean, there's nothing here. I mean, yes, we have Native Americans, but, if, but candidly, that, that, there isn't much Native American culture in American culture. It, it was born of the people who came here pursuing religious liberty to practice their faith, to live as they ought to live, and have the freedom to do so. Religious liberty. Those are the two bulwarks of America. Faith and freedom. I mean, you hear it all the time now, faith and freedom, faith and freedom. But it is what makes America unique in the world. Okay, see that right there? Rick Santorum was talking at the Young America's Foundation. Former uh, Vice President Mike Pence is on the board there. But the Young America's Foundation is a conservative, I guess, club. I'd say it's no different from Scientology, but, you know, that's just me. But the Young America's Foundation targets the youth of America, and their goal is to instill conservative education, which is the Bible, and conservative values into their young members' minds to further the very shaky conservative position in the country today. Side note real quick, uh, Pew Research Center, in a 2019 article, and this is just one article, uh, but there's dozens of articles regarding the decline in church attendance over the past several years. The conservatives are shouting, there's an attack on Christianity. Where's the attack? This is America. And people can choose to go to church or not to go to church. How is it that people choosing not to go to church, how does that equate 
to an attack on the church, on Christianity. That doesn't make sense to me. But the pre, the, I'm sorry, the Pew Research article, and I'll put it in the article, you know, I'll put it below. Matter of fact, let me, let me do it right now. One second. Boop, we're done. But the article is entitled, In U.S. Decline of Christianity Continues at Rapid Pace. And before I catch hell on social media with DMs and emails from the evangelical community, listen, I believe in a higher power. For whatever form that higher power is, I believe something is there. Do I believe there's a, you know, there's an older gentleman with long blonde hair and a beard who eerily resembles my nephew, Andrew? But do I believe a guy like that or his father is sitting in a chair above the clouds, watching billions of people and saying, uh, you get in, you don't get in. You get in and you, nah, you're going to have to go downstairs. I don't know that I'm convinced of that. But like I said, I do believe something's there. And I'm not knocking anyone with, you know, religious beliefs. Lots of my family believe, my Aunt Anne, and I respect her beliefs. So let's just get that out of the way, man. I'm not looking for trouble. I'm just having my own opinion, which I'm entitled to. But for many years, and we're still on this side note real quick, but for many years, the church attendance, all denominations, has been in decline. Why? Nobody's asking why, though. They're just shouting. There's an attack on Christianity. They're telling you what the problem is, and they're banking that you just believe their word. Well, let's analyze that real quick. Then we'll get back to our asshole Rick Santorum, okay? Why are church attendances down? If we go with the conservative theory of there's an attack on Christianity, what's the attack on Christianity or the Christian values? What does it look like? How exactly are people attacking Christian values resulting in low attendance? I'd like to know that answer. But here's a more reasonable answer to why church attendance is down. In my opinion, you don't have to believe my opinion or take on my opinion. I'm just, it's just my opinion. Like I said, I'm entitled to my opinion, just like everybody else in America. But logically, what makes sense to me with the rapid decline in church attendance, it's the internet. Your chance here inside edition. Okay. I love your eyes. And uh, here's what happened. We flew in 21 days, 70 hours, 40,000 miles, touched five continents, and preached face-to-face personally with 125,000 people. Do you ever... Do you ever use your private jets to go visit your vacation homes, for example? Yes, I do. Okay. Again, getting back to the comment. Yeah, help me, Lord. That was multimillionaire preacher Kenneth Copeland trying to pray his way out of being asked questions about buying private jets with monies donated in the church bucket that goes around every Sunday, you know? Listen to the whole interview. Watch the preacher's demeanor and his eyes. He talks some of the craziest shit, and he's just one. 
Look at the shame Jerry Falwell Jr. brought down on his family's church. Episode two or three of the East West Grind podcast, you'll be able to, you know, catch up on him. But Jerry Falwell Jr., the champion for family values, is exposed recently and has to leave Liberty University because he's outed that his wife, Becky, and for years, I might add, had been banging the pool boy and Jerry Falwell Jr. was in the corner jerking off. That's true. Then in Nevada, the older evangelical community voted in a dead pimp, I think 2016, 2017, in Dennis Hoff, the founder of the Bunny Ranch Whorehouse out there, into politics, in political seats. Like, what's wrong with you guys? Could we, should we, should we just go get, you know, Huggy Bear and put him in, you know, as a governor or something? Like, where's the fucking values you guys are talking about? I'm just asking. And then let's not forget about Trump. Three times married, multiple cheater, con man provocateur, never been a church man throughout his life. He's been in public life, yeah, most of his adult life. Go back and look for any historical pictures of him at church or anywhere near a church. You won't find them. So while the Republicans and evangelical community are screaming of an attack on Christian values by other people, look within your own communities and the examples set. And thanks to the internet, these liars and crooks and phonies are being exposed much more rapidly and to a much larger audience. People are on to this shit, man. And the younger generations are not getting involved because of guys like that, like I just went over. They're not getting involved. They're not getting their kids involved. And the older generations are passing away and not contributing anymore. Or they're just not going. There is your why in the decline of church attendance over the past decade. IMO, in my opinion. People smell bullshit, man. And it's easy to debunk shit by going on the Google and researching shit. Credible, credible sources, credible information. It is easy. Okay, let's get back to uh, Rick Santorum. Let me remind you of what he said at the Young Conservative Convention, because I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose you in the, you know, in the side note we just took off on. So let me just remind you, one minute, 14 seconds. Okay, guys, be right back. If you think about this country, I don't know of any other country in the world that was settled predominantly by people who were coming to practice their faith. They came here because they were not allowed to practice their particular faith in their own country. And so they came here mostly from Europe and they set up a country that was based on Judeo-Christian principles. When I say Judeo-Christian, the Mosaic laws, Ten Commandments, and the teachings of Jesus Christ, the, moral, the morals and, and teachings of Jesus Christ. That's, that's what our founding documents are based upon. It's in our DNA. You know, if you think of other countries like Italy and Greece and China and Turkey and places like that, they've all sort of changed over time. I mean, they've been, they've been there for, cent, for millennia in many cases. And their culture has sort of evolved over time. But not us. We came here and created a blank slate. We, we birthed a nation. From nothing. I mean, there's nothing here. I mean, yes, we have Native Americans, but, if, but candidly, that, that, there isn't much Native American culture in American culture. 
it, it was born of the people who came here pursuing religious liberty to practice their faith, to live as they ought to live, and have the freedom to do so. Religious liberty. Those are the two bulwarks of America. Faith and freedom. I mean, you hear it all the time now. Faith and freedom, faith and freedom. But it is what makes America unique in the world. Rick Santorum knows our country's history. Europe did not send its very best when the founding fathers came to this land. They brought the criminals. They brought the drug addicts. They brought the rapists on those ships. And we did not sit down and birth this nation over Thanksgiving with the the Native Americans. We infected them with smallpox. We killed their Native American fathers and brothers. We imprisoned their women and raped them. That is facts of history. Why are you trying to erase that? Why are you trying to hide the truth? No nation is perfect. No body is perfect. No nothing is perfect. Why are we trying to portray our country as being perfect when we have so many flaws? If you own it, you can just work up from it and fix it. Rick Santorum is a smart man. He knows young people are very impressionable and they're moldable. What do I mean by moldable? Young people don't have a lot of life experience or or knowledge. That's not a cut. That's just facts. And Rick Santorum is intentionally misleading these younger generations to believe our founding fathers just stumbled on this land that had a few Native Americans on it. It was an entire population of people, Mr. Santorum, and you know it. People are smarter than that, sir. And shame on you for using your position to lie and manipulate these younger generations. And for this reason, and so many more, Rick Santorum, you're a motherfucking asshole and a liar. Fuck off. All right, y'all. I'm out of here until next time. Dream Girls was on recently, and I'd forgotten what a great movie this was. And Jennifer Hudson. You're the perfect man for me. I love you, I do. Jennifer Hudson has the pipes of a genius. Enjoy, my friends. Quite like this. I love you guys. I'm out. I got your back, guys. I'll see you next time. You are